Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Now, this is Breakfast Business with me, Emmett Oliver. In the last few days, Mason Hayes Curran, one of the big law firms here in Dublin, have been hosting an energy conference which was well attended and people wanted to hear very much about how companies and enterprises can respond to the emerging climate crisis that is now affecting the entire globe. And one of the speakers there was journalist and author Simon Mundy, who is the uh, author of Race for Tomorrow, Survival, Innovation and Profit on the Front Lines of the Climate Crisis. And he is joining me now on Breakfast Business. Good morning to you, Simon. Good morning. Now, obviously, you visited 26 countries and you you put a lot of mileage in to get to these places and talk to a lot of different people. What sort of is there any way to summarize the response, the adaptation, particularly companies, which is what we're interested on this program? Was there any sort of themes you saw coming through from your visits and interviews? Yeah, I suppose three big themes, and obviously um, there there are so many different and varied stories um, within that, you know, th- th- those two years of, of, of travels. Um, one of them is just how urgent this is, and I I think everyone will say they understand, but do they really? You know, even even when I go to these UN COP conferences. The sense of urgency, in my opinion, is, is lacking. Some of the places that I've visited are, are really being smashed to bits by the impact of, of climate change. People are losing their lives and livelihoods. So that is really the reason why we must act on this. A second point, though, contrastingly, is, is a great cause of hope, which is the extraordinary innovation that is happening in the business sector, um, notably. So you know, some of the technological developments and innovations that I covered in the book are just extraordinary, whether it's around fusion power or electric vehicles. This is the great wave in, in business and technology and innovation of the 21st century. And you either get on top of it and try and lead it, or you're left behind by it. Um, but there, there is a third point, which is also very important, which is just how complicated this stuff is. The final chapter in the book, I, I went to the Democratic Republic of Congo, which is the biggest producer of cobalt in the world. And cobalt is obviously an important ingredient in electric vehicle batteries. And there's a lot of problems around the mining industry in Congo. And this is just one example of how this isn't going to be easy. We just click a button and we switch across to green alternatives. There are challenges. It is going to be complicated and it's going to take a huge amount of work. Now, can I get your reaction a little bit to uh, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak obviously watering down or diluting various words have been used and the climate commitments of the British government during the weekend. There has been some backsliding other places in Europe as well. It's not just a British issue alone. How do you read that move in the context of your book? Obviously, your book was a snapshot in time. Things move quickly. Do you do you think that that is going to become a political theme of governments sort of resiling a little bit from those commitments? And do you think businesses, many of whom you interviewed, will find themselves very frustrated that governments don't seem to have a, a kind of stability or a predictability in what they're doing in this area? Yeah, I mean, you have to say that this this week's announcement from Rishi Sunak is disappointing. By the way, he did it on the UN Climate Ambition Day, on the day when the UN was hosting a conference um, in New York uh, where they were celebrating ambition shown by by governments and also business. It it cannot be a coincidence that he chose that day to to make his um, ambition on, on scaling back the UK's uh, it is announcement on scaling by the UK's climate ambition. This is political posturing of a, a, a rather 
small-minded swords, in my opinion. It's to, to make that announcement on Climate Ambition Day, it's a finger in the eye of woke liberals or however they perceive people like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's but, your description, but, I must emphasize. <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, but the, but the bottom line here is that this is not about woke or non-woke. This is the mega trend of the global economy in the 21st century. You know, I've been to Silicon Valley. I've been to Shenzhen. I've, I, I, I've met some of the most ambitious business people in the world. I've, I've spoken to the energy minister of Saudi Arabia about this. No one is in any doubt that if you want to be competitive in the 21st century economy, you have to try to be a leader in, in the green economy, in the energy systems of the future. China is positioning itself to be, you know, to be to the energy systems of the 21st century as the Middle East and Texas were to the oil economy of the 20th century. And so this is about the long-term prosperity and prospects of of my country of the of the UK. I suppose um, the um, I suppose that this yeah. is also a battle over the pace of transition. Obviously you've got climate activists who want to go quicker and and see the urgency of this has been more pronounced. You've got maybe a group of people in the middle who are happy enough with what most governments are doing and then you have these resilers as I say are slowers at the other side who are saying, let's do this, but maybe do it a different way and a slower pace. So it's really about the pace of how we switch over and decarbonize. That's at the heart of this, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. And my argument would be to do it at a rapid pace, um, as rapidly as practical. You know, for example, you need to really accelerate the rollout of charging infrastructure for electric vehicles. But there will be costs. And if you're not careful, those costs will fall disproportionately on some of the most vulnerable in the economy, on some of the people on the lowest incomes. And that is why this has to be done in a very careful way. But it doesn't mean in a slow way. It just means that as you unroll this disruptive transformation of the economy, you're careful to provide really well-targeted support for the most vulnerable in the economy. And I don't think that that's necessarily a reason to, to drop targets as we've, as we've seen this week in the UK. Um, and the point is that there are other, gov- other governments that are pursuing this with a great deal more enthusiasm. I mean, we see what's happening at the EU level. We see what's happening from, uh, from the US government and indeed from the Chinese government. Um, so countries that don't really pursue this with enthusiasm risk being left behind in the long term. All right. Well, listen, we've interesting days ahead after the Sunak announcement. But for the moment, we'll leave it there. Simon Mundy, he is the author of Race for Tomorrow, Survival, Innovation and Profit on the Front Lines of the Climate Crisis. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on Newstalk.